X Podcast brought to you by the world's number one source of motocross and supercross news and entertainment. RacerXOnline.com. Jason Wygant here, your host, David Pingree. This is the Racer X Podcast with your hosts, Jason Wygant and David Pingree. Yes, that's right. Racer X Podcast returns to your iPhone, iPod, iPad. I did a rod. I did it. I didn't do it. I don't know who that is. I don't know what that is. Any product you might be listening to an MP3 on. Welcome to the show. This week we're going to cover a topic that uh, a lot of people have asked us about uh, really through the years. I'd say working at RacerX, we get more questions saying, how do I become a mechanic and what does that entail than anything else? The riding part's pretty easy. I think everyone knows if you're really fast and really good, things will work out. There's not much of a mystery there. The mechanic thing, what do they actually do and what do they actually do to get there? That's a little more complicated. So Ping and I are here today to answer those questions for you as we talk about factory mechanics and what they do during the week to maintain their bikes for the weekends. Um, let's let's hit a little bit here, Ping, on um, on what goes on, such as um, you know what a motorcycle goes through uh, from one race to the next. Let's say you got back-to-back weekends, which we have most of the year. What do you guys do to take a bike from the time it's done in that second moto to go racing again? Well, that's uh, there's an awful lot of details there, but and probably a mechanic is better off to answer that question. But you know, I, I know the way our guys do it is as soon as the second moto's over on Saturday, they peel all the plastics off, wash that thing the best they can, um, and uh, pull the top ends off. The top ends come home. We pressure test those heads, make sure the valve seats are all cut right, you know, and. Uh, um, check all that stuff out if uh if the bottom end is good you know each each rider kind of has a different number of hours they can go uh before the bottom end needs to be looked at but you know like townley only goes a couple or some of the other guys can go three or four mm-hmm. or tara could go probably six you know mm-hmm. so it's all kind of rider specific and then uh mechanics will fly home sunday morning they're at the shop working on that stuff monday tuesday and Wednesday morning, they fly back out to the next location, wherever that is, and they rebuild bikes all day Thursday. And that includes everything from putting that top end back on, going through the clutch, going through the controls, the brakes. Everything's taken apart, cleaned, you know, reassembled with lube, and um, basically the bike is completely rebuilt. So, And that's, that's an the part that work. people Friday, don't Friday, they see. roll it through tech, and Saturday they race it, and then they do it all again that afternoon so that's the part that people usually don't see as far as they're in the hotel parking lot and you know i've rolled into town on wednesday or thursday to see it going on the trucks are open and the mechanics are working in a hotel parking lot basically rebuilding motorcycles they don't have the luxury of doing it at the shop during the nationals no and and there's you know it's definitely done different ways with different teams we're we don't have some of the resources that a factory team would have like let's say you're ryan dungy They've got an engine guy who just builds their engines. So mm-hmm. they probably pull their motor out Saturday night, ship that thing back to the shop in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they may have a, a, a two or three engines in rotation. They'll pop another one in the race bike. The one he raced with goes back to the shop, gets completely torn apart, rebuilt, ship it back the next weekend. Then it's the spare, you know, and then there's a suspension guy that takes his stuff home, services it. You know, they've got a technician kind of working on each aspect. And Goose is just responsible for putting everything in the bike making sure the chassis and all the details are taken care of. Um, at least from your, your team's perspective, because um, that's the most perspective you're going to have, um, are your riders literally riding new bikes every weekend, or are there parts that hold over and they get a couple of rounds, well, we'll go two races on this and we'll go five races on this, or is it basically a whole new bike every time? No, I mean, it's not completely new. You know, I mean, the frames will replace. Uh, they started the series with a new frame, and if – you know, if it, if it holds up and it's looking good, they'll go the whole series on it. Maybe uh-huh. if it's not, they get six or seven races in and switch them out. You know, wheel bearings we just did prior to Redbud because we were nervous about LaRocco's leaf. So, you you know, put new bearings and seals in and make sure that, you know, inspect the rims, make sure everything looks good there because you don't, don't want to blow a wheel up on a jump like that, you know. Right. So some of that stuff you're taking into consideration. Um, brakes, for the most part, you, you rebuild those, but it's the same brake system all year, you know, and. Um, yeah, you know, when it's when parts need replaced, you replace them. 
typically we're doing like new throttle cables and clutch cables every weekend. Um, new ring pistons just depends. Maybe you put a new one in, maybe it goes two races. Uh, and like I said, bottom ends just kind of vary depending on the rider. Um, but when you jump on that bike on the weekend, it feels like a brand new bike because even the parts you're reusing, you know, like a clutch perch, for example, they, a thing has been disassembled, completely blown out because, you know, there's dirt and mud and crap just packed all in them after, at the end of a national. So they're completely taken apart, cleaned, lubed, and put back on. So it feels new, even the stuff that isn't brand new. Right. So basically, it, it is like having a new bike. And, and the reason, the parts that are changer, you guys have pretty much figured out, I guess, how long each thing lasts. Like you and I had mentioned how you kind of have a rotation and you kind of know how many hours you can put on an engine or know how many hours you can put on a, a bottom end. So you're trying to replace it before it happens. But it's a lot shorter than a stock bike, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, with a stock bike, you can do hundreds of hours on them. I, mean, I know people who literally have 100 hours on a, on a stock bike bike and they haven't done anything but change oil and keep clean filters in it you know yep yep and um and we 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 will kind of learn in the preseason when the guys take practice bikes and they put a bunch of hours on them we'll learn okay what breaks how many hours did the bike have on it when that broke okay this is looking worn at this many hours so those mechanics know okay it's the bike's got this much time on it i better look at this this and this you know and when it gets to this number you know it's sort of like your car like you got to get your you know, oil change every 3,000, you need to have your brakes looked at or tires every 30, you know. Same thing with a motorcycle. You just you kind of know when to start looking at stuff, when things need to be replaced, what needs to be changed every time they ride. I mean, they'll pretty much do oils every time they ride, you know, and filters. So those mechanics figure that stuff out in preseason when, when you're putting a, a billion hours on a bike out of the practice track. However... Um the bikes are always changing. And like you said, compared to a stock bike, which, yeah, an average guy can ride a whole season. You know, he's only going to maybe get to ride one or two days a week during the week anyway, and maybe just race on weekends. Um, but the bikes at the level that your team's racing at, they're really pushing the envelope. So is it possible where they tried something new and found out, whoops, <laughs> that went a little bit shorter than we expected it to go to? Yeah, I mean, of course. You know, you'll, you'll see uh... – you know, like you and I talked about, you'll see one of Mitch's bikes or one of the Geico bikes or, you know, whatever, grenade once in a while. And typically it's a 250. Mm -hmm. You don't have to push those 450 engines. You know, they make enough power as it is. It's more putting that power in the right place. But with the 250s, you know, we are trying to squeeze as much power out of them as we can. So you get close to that line and, and yeah, you know, once in a while you're going to step over it and the bike's going to let go. Um it seems like the quicker you make them, the more power you put out of them, you know, the durability drops sort of proportionally. So um, occasionally uh, those teams push, you know, cross that line a little bit, and, and you'll see, see a mechanic doing the walk of shame. <laughs> but as you were saying, it's really at this level, the mechanic really doesn't have much to do with that. He's just the one that everyone assumes bolted something in wrong, but that's not normally how the problem happens. No, I mean, any of those top teams, you know, you, you think Mitch is going to put a guy back there in that race shop that doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, right. I'm sure they've got a pretty stringent process. Not I'm sure. I know they do mm -hmm. um, as far as who they hire back there, who, who they put on the race team. Guys will put years in up, up at that service department or, you know, working with amateurs or just whatever. Mitch, Mitch makes sure he knows where you came from and what you're capable of. So, um you know, typically when something goes bad, it's not, not something those mechanics did. It's it's just a part that failed, you know. Um, and stuff sometimes just fails. There's no, no explanation for it. You know, you can, you know, there's parts. You know, a great example would be when Christian Craig got hurt on our team this year. Mm -hmm. uh, he broke an exhaust valve, you know. And uh, we had never broken one of our race exhaust valves. This one had... You know, a low number of hours on it. We'd gone twice the number of hours this thing had on it, you know, before we'd typically change them. And it broke, you know. no, We sent it back to the manufacturer. It's the same people that make Mitch's and, and, every, and pretty much everyone else's valves. Yep. And they were just like, yeah, you know, maybe there was a, you know. We didn't get a definitive answer. It was like, yeah, maybe there was a scratch in it or it was had a bend to it or, you know, don't know. Yep. So... Sometimes that stuff just happens when you're trying to put a make a ton of horsepower. Let's just talk about how hard it is on your mechanics. So everyone sees them on the weekend, 
and then during the week, uh, they're in the shop. I mean, do they even get time off, really, or is that save it for the off season, boys? Well, pretty much. And this is this is the one thing that's. I mean, it burns all of us out. It's, and it makes me wonder how the heck a guy like Acoster or Kehoe or somebody, yep, how they've done this for so long. I mean, mm-hmm. it blows my mind because. You know, start on Monday. You're in the shop, okay? Everybody's there early. Usually we do, like, a meeting in the morning, and then we get cracking, getting stuff, whatever we need done for that week. By Wednesday, those guys fly out. Um, you know, fly all day if you're headed to a East Coast National. You know, you know how brutal that can be. So they're literally literally only home Monday, Tuesday. Monday, Tuesday, and they're working. And, and you know, they do their whole thing over the weekend, and we fly Sunday. You know, we might get home at noon one two o'clock yeah you know you were up at three o'clock west coast time so you're exhausted you're oh, yeah. home you're a zombie you know and mm-hmm. you, maybe you take a nap or if you do stay up you're just you're on the couch you know right in that total haze so you get that afternoon off and then back to the shop monday morning wow. it isn't like well you work the weekend so we'll give you monday tuesday off it doesn't work like that so it's really a you know if you've got a girlfriend or a wife you aren't going to for long. That's <laughs> uh, how it goes. Um, those guys are really, they just commit to it, man. It's gnarly. Yeah, yeah. I do wonder that when you see the guys that are lifers. It just seems almost almost impossible. So yeah, those... like Tony Berluti or Goose. Yeah. It seems crazy to me. I, it's just man. These guys, hard workers. These guys, um, so basically they take their, uh, well, they would, most of the stuff the mechanics have, would that have to be shipped or is there stuff they could actually bring with them? Uh, on a plane from the track and then to the track the next week. As far as tools or parts? Uh, as far as parts to, to rebuild that bike when they're in the parking lot of a hotel on Wednesday. Well, you know, what we do, a lot of it is, there's a lot of planning that goes on, you know, when you say, okay, the truck's going to be gone for six or eight rounds in a row, mm-hmm. you know, and then it'll come back before it heads up to Washougal or, you know, you have to sort of map that out of where your guy's going to be. Okay. And you try to stock the truck up, going, okay, I need enough parts to build four bikes for six rounds, you know? Wow. Um, and if, if you if you can't fit that much stuff on there, like, sometimes you just can't. You know, we there was no way we could put enough plastic on our truck to get us through all those rounds for all those riders. Wow. But we had to, we stocked it as full as we could, and then, you know, a week before last, we had to ship a big box of plastic to the hotel, you know, to get there when we got there, and the guys picked it up, so... There's a lot of that go- that goes on, you know, shipping to the truck and the hotel. And sometimes the airlines won't let you fly home with suspension. So you got to ship that, you know. it's. I'll tell you, there's a whole lot that goes on and, and a lot of expense, um, especially now that the airlines are charging for bags. You know, yeah. Those guys will stuff parts in their gear bags, you know, and, <laughs> and bring those. And How do you literally ship, by the way, if the race is not done until Saturday night? How do you even ship it? Because by the time shipping is open, you're gone. I mean, you can't wait till Monday morning in town to ship. They no. need to be back at the shop. So how does that even work? Yeah, a lot of these hotels will provide a shipping service, and wow. it doesn't pick up till Monday morning. And we've got to red label it, so it's overnight um, to the race shop. So we'll have it Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. And then the guys will have Tuesday to work on it if it's something they're working on. Or you know, a lot of times it's suspension with us, and we'll – take that stuff down to pro circuit those guys service it and turn it over by wednesday night and then i'll pick it up um or thursday actually i'm sorry and then either i'll pick it up or the rider and we'll take it with us when we fly on friday so that won't be put onto the bike until tech on friday or well that's yeah. that's that's where we start to do the rotation so like if we were taking his race stuff off and getting oh. it serviced his backup stuff goes on the bike we take their old race stuff get it serviced bring it back now it's back up and when the other stuff has got a few races on it it comes back, and then the other backup stuff goes on, you see. So we have engines and suspension in rotation that way. And uh, you, know, you, you can imagine even the expense with that. I mean, each, each set of kit suspension is you know, nearly $8,000. So right. you can't just have a kit of suspension for a guy. You've got to have three. He's got to have one to practice on, one set of backup, and one set of race at a minimum. And is so, a kit suspension like a works guys. engine where it breaks down quicker, too, for maintenance purposes? No, I, I don't think so. You know, okay. that's just is what it is. Hours the oil breaks down it after so long. Right. And, and you, you you know you're also keeping an eye on seals and parts inside there. Man, uh, 
I didn't realize that everyone that was a manager of a race team was actually this good at logistics. Did it surprise you when you first got involved to realize you're planning out six, seven months in advance where these engines and where this truck is going to be and how it's going to be shipped? That's that's a lot of logistical planning there. Well, you know, for me, it came on a little easier because we didn't do nationals last year. We only did five. So I was able to be okay. Um, you know, we kind of we kind of cheated it the way we did it because we only did the ones on the west. We mm-hmm. never had the east coast swings, you know, and... Um, what I kind of sort of had a, a heads up to it, like, okay, wow, if we were going back east, how would we do this? You know, how how are we going to have all those parts? How is the suspension getting back? We kind of knew it was coming, and we talked to some other team managers and figured out, okay, how the hell are we going to do this? You yeah. Um, there's definitely, it's a lot of coordinating and, uh, you know, making everything come together. Wow. And then you tell me there's only one job that's probably harder than factory mechanic, and that's truck driver. <laughs> oh, truck driver, it's terrible. One day we're going to have to do a show, just get some driver on that's been doing it a while, because those guys, man, I'll tell you, that right there. When I can't sit in a car, I go bananas when i got to sit in a car for too long anyway, so it just doesn't suit me right off the bat. But that is, that is so much work for those guys, you know. And, and when you go in, you see those trucks, they're just immaculate. You know, well, the nicer teams, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, it, that it doesn't come easy, and it is so hard. You know, when you got eight or nine people tromping in and out of there in muddy boots and dirt bikes, mud flying everywhere, for them to keep those trucks that clean and and organized and prepped, it's it's a lot of work. Do those guys ever go home, or are they on the road except for maybe the few off weekends that we get? Well, you know, like our guy just flew home. He he's been gone now for almost two months. Wow. Uh, no, longer than that. Over two months he's been gone, and he just flew home. He'll be home six days. That's really the only time off he gets now until, well, week after X Games. I guess he'll get a few days off. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, you definitely don't have girlfriend, family, or yeah. So. And then the final thing I was going to say to throw another wrench into this, and this is the part I've always confuses me. If you guys go testing. Um, you're out in California testing. I don't know what day of the week you would do that, but then let's say you discover something. How do you make what you found out in California testing get onto the bike at Millville? How does that process work? Dude, you don't even know. I mean, just to give you an idea of how complex this can all get. Okay. At least if your rider is here. You know, you like we have a test bike at the shop. Right. Okay. And if he were to come and we tested a part and we liked it, we'd have a more built and we could just take it with us or ship it or whatever. Okay. When you've got a rider that doesn't live here, okay? Yep. Like Ben lives in Florida. Yep. We want to try a new fork setting this week. Okay. So I had to bring stuff home from the race, get it to Bones. He puts the setting in it. Now I've got to ship it to Ben. He has to try it. If he likes it, he tells me he's got to ship another set back here so that I can get that done and then bring it with me to the race so that at Millville, he's got a race and a backup set that are the same. Wow. No, we've, we've got a few other engine parts we're wanting to try, and like, it's just, it's just a nightmare, <laughs> you know, having to ship stuff to him. He tries it, and his mechanic is, is at least down there. We we just send him down to stay with him. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's tough, you know. And and we, some of the stuff we're just like, look, just come out here for a week. I mean, we have, we'll, we'll kind of accumulate a few things we want to try and come out. So he's coming out after Millville. During that time, we'll try to just cram in as much as we can to get through the things we want to get through. And if he likes them, um, wash shoegles the next weekend so we can have them built. And it's a it's a shorter distance, you know, to ship it or fly with it. So, so it's a logistical it's nightmare. Easy, no, it's a logistical nightmare under perfect circumstances. And when you add in testing and finding new stuff, or bikes breaking, uh, or things like that then it really starts to become a complicated dance because you cannot plan for that because you don't know if it's going to change until it's already happened. That's right. Whew. Um, like you said, it's not maybe the glory that a lot of people think, uh, working working at, at either level, be the truck driver, the mechanic, even what you're doing. Um, the work sounds like it never stops. Well, not if you want to do a good job. Yeah. You want to uh, call Kyle Bentley here? Yeah, let's get his take on it. Yeah, Kyle is the mechanic for Christophe Porcel, so we want him on for a couple reasons. A, he works for Mitch Payton and the Pro Circuit team. 
which has uh, quite a reputation of pushing their mechanics to the max. And his rider, Purcell, lives in Florida. So they've got that little uh, Florida situation that you were mentioning with Townley. Um, now, you actually rode for Mitch's team way back in the day. Uh, do they end up having the guys, when, you run, when you're done with your race bikes, do they make you work on the showroom floor and build pipes for customers? I mean, do they ever let you go? Uh, I think they've, and maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, maybe I think they've gotten a little better. But I heard it's uh, gnarly. Back when the race team was, it, it's so gnarly. Yeah. I mean, at least at our, at our race team, mechanics have some freedom. If they want to come in a little later and stay a little later that night or, or come in early and leave a little earlier, well, we're pretty lax about that as long as the work's getting done. With Mitch, it's more like, you're done with all your stuff? All right, well, hey, cool. There's some, you know, Yamaha production exhaust systems over here when you dyno. Go do that. Or, <laughs> you know, right. clean up metal shavings over in the machine shop. I mean, I, I don't know what they still make them do now, but I know back in the day, there was no job too menial. Uh, <laughs> I don't care who you were. Well, we'll find out. Were, yeah, so let's, let's see what he says. All right, we have Kyle Bentley with us on the show. He is, of course, the now two-time Supercross championship mechanic for Christophe Porcel and leading the points in the uh, AMA Pro Motocross 250 championship. But we don't want to talk about the racing. We want to talk about first during the week. You said we called you and you're at work. Are you ever not at work? Do you ever get time off? Uh, I, didn't, I wasn't at the shop on Monday. We had Monday off. Wow. What's the occasion? July 4th? Uh, July 4th. Is that going to show at the next race? Are you guys going to be behind the eight ball? No, we put a double day on Tuesday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, just kidding. No. Uh, Mitch works is pretty good, but, you know, that, that's what it takes to win. So that's what we got to do. Just explain a little bit um, what goes on. Like, take us through the end of your second moto uh, to when you're, you know, in the shop, say, Monday and Tuesday. Give me an idea of what your schedule is when the race is done. Uh, second moto, Red Bud, uh, obviously got to take the bike to AMA Tech Impound. Okay. And uh, we wait on that for about a half hour. Anybody wants to file a protest, they can. Nobody has. Um, then we take the bike back to the truck, wash it, take all the plastic, take the motor out, put the motor in a motor box, get that ready to ship back to the shop, and tear down the tent. And then uh, bring back any you know parts that we need maintenance on or uh servicing and uh head back to the hotel so you uh, put parts in your luggage yeah we carry parts in our luggage sometimes oh not hardly <laughs> um and all then, right so then you fly home and yeah. then what happens yeah sunday we fly home and that's if we're lucky we get the rest of the day off on sunday and uh monday back at the shop getting everything prepared for uh the next race uh whether it be getting plastic ready know uh we obviously will get our motors on tuesday we'll rebuild those tuesday have them ready to ship out tuesday night and uh wednesday we fly back to the race how much uh you talk about rebuilding like what are we exactly talking about there like is there always no matter what you're going to have two engines to rebuild every week is there a rotation does it change depending on the on the event how, how in depth is the work on uh, tuesday when the motor shows up well, uh, every, every team is different. I, I, I don't know how Ping does it over at his team, but uh, our team, we have uh, three motors per rider. Um, if everything goes smoothly, we'll only use one motor per weekend. Uh, when we get it back to the shop, we go through everything. Each motor has its own maintenance log on it. Like we keep track of hours and races on the, on the parts and uh, change parts as needed, put it back together, and, you know, that's about it. So it is rebuilding the internals of a motor. You're not throwing entire motors away. Like, does the bottom end, the cases themselves, can they actually last for a whole season, or does eventually that even have to go? No, I mean, eventually, you know, if you run it long enough, it will break. So uh, we uh, we establish time limits on parts that, you know, we, we feel comfortable with. And then once we reach that time or, you know, if something looks worn, we'll, we'll replace it. But, you know, it's not... A new motor every week and like people think you know it's, it's new parts but you know not everything new right but it as ping says it would probably feel like a new motorcycle when the guys get on it yeah everything will be tight we we, we dyno them all before they leave and you know if, if we don't dyno them for you know a lengthy period of time if we're in a hurry and we had to get it out 
sometimes the guys will get on the bike and say the motor feels really tight or doesn't feel strong. So there's a break-in process. Uh, okay, so you got your motor done. Uh, is that a Tuesday? You, you can do all that on Tuesday, or is it even go over into the next day and then you're rushing to, to get to the airport? No, no, no. We, we'll, uh, we'll do whatever it takes to get that motor done on Tuesday. I see. Dynoed and ready to be shipped out Wednesday. That way we'll have it Thursday when we, uh, when we go to build the bike. Yeah, explain the luxuries of working in the parking lot uh, at the hotel. That's actually your race shop during the summer, right? Yeah, we uh, we uh, we're fortunate enough to build dirt bikes in the hotel parking lot every weekend. Beautiful. And uh, yeah, we got great scenery most most weekends. <laughs> um, what's the camaraderie like? Because most of the teams do that, and I know you don't all stay at separate hotels, so you end up working alongside a bunch of other teams, right? Yeah, last weekend uh, in uh, Redbud, we were uh, about ten feet away from uh, Factory Connection building our four bikes in front of their four bikes so that's kind of you know interesting to watch those guys build their bikes and <laughs> kind of glance and see what they do and then they look at you and you know it's just kind of like a i don't know you, you might need different. security over there i mean somebody could drop a uh drop a washer into the you know into the cylinder or something like that yeah <laughs> i don't think anything like that's going to happen but the racing's good i'm glad i'm glad we have a little uh a rivalry between them and uh you know on the weekend uh it's good to you know have a competition like that it's true um so ping uh talk a little bit about like you said the effort that these guys got to put in um do your mechanics ever come to you and say god i've done enough or is everyone pretty much good soldiers as far as you've seen ping well my guys get burned a little bit once in a while you know and and um you know you can kind of give me a few cents here like i at some point, I, I just got to tell those guys, man, you need to go do something else. You know, go take a day off. Because I think a lot of times they'll feel guilty if they're not in the shop and uh, they'll come in just to be in there, even if they don't have something to do. And I'm like, man, go home. You know, go do whatever it is you do, you know. Um, just especially during the summer, it can just get to be a grind. So... I don't know if Mitch does that or not. I don't know if he allows that. He didn't used to when I rode there. <laughs> yeah, no, none of that. None of that's really allowed. Uh, he, does, he does give us days off when you know when he feels you know that we're caught up and nothing needs to be done. But you gotta you know you gotta put in the time and you know that's where that's where winning races comes in. If you put in the time and then it's just that more gratifying when you do. Now you got a whole other angle to work with there, Kyle, which is that your rider lives in Florida. So explain how that works logistically, because um, he has to have stuff to practice on, right? Yeah, I send two stroke oil to Florida for his jet ski, and uh, <laughs> I that trade a week, so it's pretty low maintenance for me. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, no, he has a he has a practice guy in Florida. Um, we just we ship stuff out and. You know, it's basically the same thing. Everything's got a log, and everything's got, you know, a procedure. And when when time time's up on something, we send it back, and we ship out something new. All right, just be honest right now. How many hours are on that practice bike in Florida? Well, he's got a few, but uh, not much. Not much. Um, <laughs> um, I haven't seen the hour meter. I could tell you last year when we won the East title in 09 and fell short winning the title, the MX title, this uh, 250F had 35 hours on it. That's like an hour a week. That's pretty much an hour a week from, like, January to September. <laughs> yeah, well, it's actually, we start, you know, October riding Supercross. Oh, okay. Pretty much everything was put on it during Supercross. He did not ride his 250F one time during the outdoor season. Well, and, and to give you some perspective there, right before Vegas, uh, Will Hans practice, Supercross practice bike had 100 hours on it, and we put a new frame on it just because we got nervous. <laughs> so to give you give you a little perspective there. Yeah, that's, that's not much time. He's not known for uh, riding the bike very much during the week. Now, do you thank him for that? I mean, that's a lot less work for you. Yeah, but then it makes me look like I got nothing going on at the shop, and Mitch, Mitch comes by and goes, what are you doing? Your guy never rides, so I know you're not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, hey, that leads to our next question. Will Mitch put you on the, uh, hey, they got a catalog photo shoot they need, or they need the shop floor to be cleaned. I mean, will they put you on other duties? Oh, yeah, that's, you know, Hanson. Hanson came in, and, you know, Hanson's kind of like our stepchild. You know, he rides this year, and he doesn't actually have, you know, a designated mechanic. So, uh, you know, everybody pitches in with him and helps out, and, you know, the bathroom always needs cleaned at the shop, and something always needs to be swept. So he keeps us busy for sure. <laughs> Do the bathrooms have to be as painstakingly put together as the motorcycles and the rig and everything at the track that looks first rate? We even have a maintenance log for the bathroom. No! Yes, if you come by the shop, we got a maintenance log on the back of the door. That's awesome. Or maybe not. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Uh, well, take me through what gets you to this level, because in a way you're working for the elite team, but that means that it brings a lot more work with it. How did you get there, and was that a team you always kind of saw on the horizon of that's where you wanted to go? You know, I never really set out to do this as a as a profession. I would At all? Of, no, I never was mechanically inclined or like in my dad's tools when I was growing up. It just kind of uh, kind of happened, I guess. Um, one of my uh, friends at the time was dating uh, Donovan Mitchell. Mm -hmm. And uh, he ended up getting hurt and I was just over at his house hanging out with her and him and uh, Jimmy Wilson from Michigan. Yep was out on a Yamaha first time out in California going to try to do the Supercross season and uh, I was riding dirt bikes at the time and he didn't know anybody didn't have any anywhere to go ride and I kind of born and raised in Southern California knew everything so I showed him around and he asked me if I wanted to push his bike to the line at one of the Anaheims and I said does that get me in the pit and he said yep and I said alright I'm in <laughs> So it was no more complicated than pushing the bike to the line. That was your first mechanical job. That was, that was my first mechanical job, pushing the bike to the line. You were just psyched to be down on the stadium floor, huh? Oh, to be able to I was free monster drinks in the pits and everything. Yeah, free. Didn't have to pay for a ticket, and I got to go to the races. and uh, That kind of just snowballed. I did that for like four years. And then I got a uh, – he got hurt in uh, 05. Phoenix got a big first-term pileup with Jerry Dostal, and uh, that kind of ended his, uh, his deal for that year. And uh, Alan Brown from Moto Triple X was looking for a guy and uh, got a phone call from him, and he offered me a job there. Were you so a little more mechanically inclined, at least at this point? Oh, yeah, I was much more. I traveled, you know, four seasons with Jimmy. Uh, I actually had a guy from Michigan when I was staying back there with Jimmy, uh, Rob Watkins. He, uh, he kind of showed me the ropes. He was a service manager at a dealership back there. And, uh, he pretty much gave me the, the 411 on, on the dirt bikes, and uh, that's how that kind of came about. So you're working then, for uh, uh, Alan Brown. Yeah, go ahead. Alan Brown at Motor Triple X for Nick Avenue, and then uh, Kyle Lewis for half a season in uh, 06. And then... Uh, I, I was I befriended uh, John Mitchiff here at uh, at the time he was working for Mitch, mm -hmm. and he he told me that there was a spot open here mid season at at Pro Circuit, and that I was an idiot if I didn't take it or at least you know apply for it. So uh, I had to make a tough decision because I kind of gave Alan my word that I was gonna you know do the whole year with him and Kyle, and I felt that the opportunity was there and. I needed to do what was best for me and, and take the chance, and I was lucky enough for uh, Mitch to hire me there in 06. Uh, so it wasn't, that wasn't the uh, the pie in the sky, man, someday I want to work for Mitch, someday I want to work for Pro Circuit. You didn't even want to be a mechanic at first. Yeah, no, I no, I, I was living at the beach, Newport Beach, uh, managing a pizza shop. What? Yeah, that's what I was doing when I uh, when I started working on dirt bikes. I was a manager at a pizzeria. <laughs> Do you go back there ever? Anytime you're here, I can walk in there into that pizzeria to this day, anytime and make a pizza, no problem. You can actually not just get it, but make it. Oh yeah, two in the morning, coming back from the bars, and we're down there. I'll walk into that pizza place and actually physically make the pizza. 
Oh, I am super down. That's even better than stopping by the truck on Saturday and getting lunch. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's quite a sight to see. You know, if you have a couple of drinks in you, and, uh, you know, people that don't know me too well that come out with us or I show them around, I uh, can't believe I walked into this pizza place and actually made a pizza. You should just uh, bet people. I bet you I can go in there and make a pizza and they won't stop me. And that's the funny thing is, like, it's all walled off because uh, the bar scene down there is kind of uh, kind of hectic. So nobody's allowed actually inside the store but the employees. So <laughs> that's, that's what makes it even better that I just walk right in and, and throw the pizza. <laughs> but seriously, man, how often can you do this? I mean, how much time do you have off from... I guess you say it starts in October. So really, how much time do you ever get off to even do fun stuff? Um, October, November, and December, usually we'll get the weekends off. And then January to, you know, at the end of the motocross season, it's pretty much few and far between days off, maybe 15 days max. Right. Uh, Not much. You need to have the perfect combination of an off weekend like we have now and 4th of July, like this magic yeah, combination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, have the have the holidays fall. You know, Mitch says Good Friday. You know, that's a good day to work. Um, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much any day, any day during the week is a good day to work for Mitch. Okay, and then I think your weekends are kind of booked. So. <laughs> yeah, and the weekends are uh, you know those are long. Talk about the role of. Um... You got other guys involved. It's not just mechanic and bike. Uh, you have engine guys and suspension guys too. How does that whole situation work? Um, well, obviously everybody knows Bones, Jim Bacon. He does he does a suspension. Yep. Uh, he keeps uh, he keeps good tabs on all that. Uh, we don't actually handle any of the suspension components or anything. Bones does all that. Does he do it himself, or does he have also his own uh, another mechanic or something? Or is he literally the guy that puts his hands on everything? Uh, he, he does all the settings. Uh, he'll do all the valving and the shimming, and then uh, he'll have uh, his guys uh, you know, do the final assembly on it. But mm -hmm. he, he comes up with all the settings, and he, he puts it all together. But, you know, the final step, he has somebody else to do. And then uh, we have, you know, Zach White. He does our uh, R&D and kind of, you know, manages, I would say manages the team. He does know looks for flights and does all the R&D on the 250 and kind of keeps us going in the right direction and then uh, we have a, a 450 develop de development guy uh, Aaron Johnson he does a lot of the stuff you know he works hand in hand with Kawasaki and develops a lot of the you know customer stuff that we uh, run here at Pro Circuit for the Cali 450 mm -hmm. and then uh, that's that's about that's about it for help. Is there an engine guy uh, specifically for the 250 race team that you work for, or are you pretty much the one rebuilding the motors? No, uh, we, you know, our team, uh, we maintain our own motors. We build our own motors every week. I know some teams have an engine guy, but that's not how we do it here. Aha. Uh -huh. um, now, what happens when testing gets thrown in? Um, how much does that complicate the week? Uh, well, you know, like anything, if you have a routine and something something comes up that's different from the routine, it, it takes a toll. But uh, testing, you know, we, we do most of the testing before the season. Mm -hmm. We don't do, we come up with something, we find something good, and then that's what we run. You know, it doesn't like change, so if we're going to try something, we're going to try it at the beginning of the year, and we're not really going to fiddle with stuff, you know, during the season. We're going to focus on this is what we have, and this is what we're going to race with. Because it's that difficult to to shoehorn that into what you guys are already doing. Well, yeah, I mean, you have four guys. You know, you got to run four guys through through the testing rings, and it it, it it takes a toll on everybody to do that. It's different if you had just one guy you would have to test with. That would make things a lot less complicated. But uh, having four guys to run everybody through it, I mean, there's no way you can get four guys done during a week. To, test something and then run it that next weekend you know and you got one guy one week to do it then you got three other guys to do you want to you want to be able to run the thing for you know a month later to eventually you know funnel all the guys through the testing process uh, earlier on the show kyle ping and i were talking about the logistics of how you have to plan uh you know this motor is going to go to this point and the truck's going to be here when this happens 
Um, how far out and how complicated is it to make that plan to make sure everything is where it needs to be? Because you can't just load up everything you need on the truck for round one yeah, and get to round 12. Yeah, Ping probably knows knows that routine a little better than I do because he probably handles that more. But uh, I would say it's pretty difficult knowing, you know, you got to ship this motor to this hotel and is, is our transport driver going to be there or where's he at? And, you know, you got to communicate pretty good communication between everybody on the team. And how does shipping work, actually, on um, you can go to the hotel on Saturday and tell them, can you ship this for us on Monday, please, because we're going to be gone by then? Yeah, yeah. If you uh, butter up the front desk, ladies, uh, you know, most of the teams pretty much stay at all the same hotels. So on any given weekend, you'll you'll have, you know, a bunch of the teams trying to ship stuff back. So uh, they are they're pretty overwhelmed, you know, because you have – given weekend, you know, 15 maybe motors trying to go back from all the different teams. Wow. You know, just a ballpark, and they're all in big engine cases. And that's, you know. Kyle, let me ask you something. I mean, like, our guys, um, they'll fly in early, you know, Wednesday, and they'll just spend Thursday rebuilding the bike, and they do their engines and everything right there at the track, at least the, you know, they, they might bring head back and get it checked or whatever, but they do all their rebuild on Thursday. Why is it you guys ship the engines back? I mean, just just to have a little bit more of a controlled environment to do that in, or? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, I don't know what the reasoning is. I don't know how far you tell your guys go into the motors or what what your guys' deal is. But uh, ours is to have four guys completely take apart motors on the truck would be chaos. I, I, you know, we don't have the Yeah, I guess that's more guys. Yeah, to have four complete motors and all the proper tools that we use to, you know, measure and do all the timing and stuff would be uh, not very good for the, for the team morale on the truck. I think we get on each other's nerves. <laughs> uh, hey, does that happen at some point anyway? I mean, that's a lot going on on race day. Yeah, I mean, for us, the four mechanics that I travel with every weekend, I mean, if you really think about it, I spend more time with them than I do with my girlfriend at home, so there's, I mean, there's times that, you know, you got to take a deep breath and, you know, just work together and try to get stuff done, but, you know, that's, there's, that's why we fly home on the, on the weekend, so we can, you know, get a little time away from each other. My, my mechanics will get mad at me for saying this, but at times, it's like, it's like high school in our shop. You know, this guy will be mad at what this guy said, and this guy got his feelings hurt, or this guy, yeah, it, dude, it's always something, seems like. Yeah, there's, there's no rhyme or reason. I mean, it, it can be like that. I mean, like, I don't know what it is, but, like, you know, people get mad for people taking too many parts out of stock or, you know, using too much, too much of this, too much of that. But, you know, who's to say when you need new carburetor hoses or when you need you know, new chain guides or when you need new plastic. But, you know, if you see a guy using the plastic and then you didn't use the plastic this weekend, and you're like, man, I wonder why he's using the plastic. He's used it two weeks in a row. <laughs> I won't use it one week. So, I mean, you see that, and it's all it's all childish stuff, but it kind of, you know, you just have to you just have to take it as what it is and just do your deal. I'm most impressed over the fact that you're managing to maintain a girlfriend through all this. I am too. That's impressive. Yeah. She must not like you. She enjoys when you're gone. <laughs> Only thing yeah. I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. She must not. Or you don't like her and you like being away. No, no, that's not it at all. We, uh, I like being home and I like spending time with her and I've been with her for three years now. We live together and everything's good. How long term then must, can you see something like this going? She's very understanding. <laughs> yeah, she's got to be very understanding. She's very understanding the way it was when we were, you know, when we got together, so I haven't really changed anything, so, you know, you shouldn't expect anything different because this is the way it was when we met each other. I've been running that, this is the way it was before we met, excuse my wife lately, but um, she seems to buy it less and less every year, I don't know, you're probably in the same situation, Pink. <laughs> it gets less and less acceptable. <laughs> uh is this a long-term thing that you think you can do? First of all, it wasn't even where you expected to be. And second of all, it's a whole heck of a lot of work. I mean, 
do you want to do this for another 10 or 20 years, or is it just fun while it lasts? No, that's, that's the number one reason I think all of us are in the sport, or, you know, most of us, if we're not riders, uh, we were riders at one point, and we love the sport, and, you know, that's what we want to do. We want to be here. Uh, you know, the hours are tremendous. They're, you know, long and grueling, and if we didn't love it, we wouldn't want to be here. So as long as I'm still having fun on the weekends, going to the races and, and having a good time, then, yeah, that I don't see any, any change in the future of doing what I you know, love to do. Yeah, so you're not begging to become the in-house guy. Please let me just stay home every every day, every weekend. Uh, no, because I, love, I like racing. You know, I yeah. came from a, a family that raced. My dad raced stock cars growing up, and, you know, I I love racing. I'm standing on the start line, you know, giving your guy, you know, the last few minutes, watching them do all their, you know, routine and their anxious jitters, getting them out, and then having the bikes rev up and, I mean, that's, that's, that's the best feeling in the world to me. Uh, I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Basically, thanks for the time. And uh, by the way, what do you do on this rare moment where you actually do have a free weekend? What happens? I'm going to a little place in the desert called Palm Springs. I've heard of it. Do you some golf in there? I am going to golf. I do enjoy golfing. Um, I do enjoy frozen cocktails, and I do, do enjoy a pool. So that's what I'll be doing this all right. Hey, don't don't get used to it. It'll be gone before you know it. <laughs> yeah, if I get if I get spoiled too much, Mitch, Mitch is gonna crack the whip and get us get back on him. <laughs> That's right. Hey, congrats on the series so far. You got to be pretty happy the way it's going. Yeah, we just gotta keep plugging away and every every moto keep getting you know max points and uh, hopefully uh, have a big enough points lead before we get to Southwick. Ah. <laughs> Is that the downside of pressing the envelope? Might you just take a stocker there this year? Yeah, maybe. I don't. Maybe we'll run a little more reserved. But you know, the conditions last year. I mean, I don't know if we really touched on it, but you know, it was, it was out of our hands. Um, the conditions there weren't good. Sand, water, clogs, stuff, and right. got hot, right. and you know, we lost the motor. So um, hopefully, it'll be hot, humid, and dry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think we'll be a little better uh, better off than wet, humid, and, and sloppy. Hey, what I like about your team is you guys actually wear it on your sleeve. When, it, when the bike breaks, you actually say the bike breaks. It's amazing how some teams can literally have dudes pushing a bike and claim that nothing's wrong with it during a race to cover yeah, it up. Yeah, I mean, that's part of racing. You're going you're gonna to have mechanical failures, and you're going you know, to break stuff, and you try to limit how much stuff gets broken and you know you try to limit as much as you can but that's part of racing and stuff's going to happen like that and unfortunate that we lost the championship over it but you know if we're gonna you know have it hang over us we're not doing our job we need to push on and worry about the next championship we need to win here you go all right enjoy palm springs man thanks we uh we'll see you uh Minnesota. Yeah, you got it, and I hope they don't razz you too much in the shop. I hope you did a good enough job and represented. I, I hope so too. I appreciate your time. All right, I'm gonna now. I'm gonna say hi to all the guys in the pro circuit shop because they'll probably be listening. Hi guys. Yeah, say, say hi. <laughs> all right, thanks, Kyle. All right, see. You. See you, buddy. All right, that's uh, Kyle Bentley, the pro circuit team. They definitely push those guys hard over there. It sounds to me like the only way you deal with it is it just becomes such a routine that. Uh, you almost don't even realize. You just, you just keep doing it, and you just keep doing it like a machine. I think it's like those people that get on the Atkins diet. You know, you, after a while, you just don't even miss carbs. You know? <laughs> These guys aren't even missing days off after a while and actually doing things for themselves. And No, you know, and, and these guys, like Kyle said, they love it. You know, if you don't really love this sport, you aren't going to last long. You know, that's the bottom line. It's, it's way too much work uh, and way too much commitment to, to be just doing it for the paycheck or whatever else it's, it's got to be a labor of love for sure yeah yeah and that's probably the way it works for whatever capacity any of us are in i mean i complain to people outside the sport all the time like i'm gonna i don't you don't understand i work seven days a week and monday through friday i can get sympathy for that but once i go to the track pff, don't even try it somebody's yeah. got it worse somebody's always got it worse yeah, yeah and and one day we'll do a, a show here with the truck drivers and i think that is it let's see you 
I think that's bottom of the barrel as far as hard jobs. We need to get Mike Rowe out there to do a show on the truck drivers of the National Motocross Series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a dirty job making that truck look so clean. That's right. That's right. All right, Payne, thanks for putting that together for us. Thanks for calling the Pro Circuit guys, and um, maybe you learned some secrets you can transfer over to your team now. Well, I was trying. I was pumping in there for, uh, you know, why they do it the way they do it. But okay. I don't know, you know, we're just, we'll just keep uh, – we don't actually do anything to our bikes during the week. We wash them, put a filter in them. That's all we do, so. Yeah, well, they're just stockers anyway, right? So, I mean, they'll last. Yeah, we're just running stock bikes. It's, those guys, that's too much work their way. <laughs> that's right. You just want to be top ten. That's good enough. Let's <laughs> get some points. It's good. It's, you know. Hey, Ping, you actually uh, getting this weekend off? I know you raced Glen Helen and you raced the the vet race or whatever at Glen, at Glen Helen a couple weeks before that. So there, even when the series wasn't racing, you were racing. Is there actually nothing this weekend? No, there's actually nothing. I have some other stuff going on on Saturday, but my wife and I have a date night for Saturday night, Sunday. I'm going to be by my pool. I might be on the. Uh, Bentley program there with a little something to drink. Yeah. You know, Bob Marley going on in the background and just suntan. That's the spirit. All right. But yeah, we've been we've been on every weekend since, and I'm not the only one here since uh, Seattle Super. I haven't had a weekend off. Yeah. So I don't know when the heck that was, but that was uh, April, I guess. And um, after Vegas, we had a, a, a vet or whatever the heck it was, four stroke national, and Ben raced that. We went to Hangtown, and we did Glen Helen GP, and then Texas, High Point, Bud's Creek, Colorado, Red Bud. Today. Today. <laughs> uh, and your team is racing X Games, which a lot of teams that race all Supercross and Motocross don't do that uh, either. So. Um, oh yeah, we're doing <laughs> we're doing X Games. We're doing Supercross and Speed and Fowlers. We're doing disciplines we don't even normally do. Hey, is Sealy going to cut out some air boxes for that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was out yesterday with Lance Corey learning how to do double grabs and <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, at least there's less bike maintenance for that. That's right. Yeah. All right, anything else to add on this topic, or you think that we've uh, exhausted it just as much as the mechanics themselves would actually be exhausted? Weege, I think you nailed it. That's you it. Did. Well, okay, folks, hope you enjoyed this edition of the Racer X podcast and maybe learned something about what goes on with mechanics and teams behind the scenes. But we're not going to talk about it anymore because we've got a weekend off and we're all happy about that. And, of course, we'll all rejoin at Millville. So stay tuned to RacerXOnline.com for all the information pre and post Millville National next weekend. Thanks for listening.